Hi everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for our book launch episode. As you take your seats in the Zoom room and clubhouse, please stop by and pick up refreshments at the back of the room. This is the time to put on your favorite party hat and buckle up, Buttercup, as we begin our celebration spectacular of book launch discussions with all your fellow bibliophiles at Writing Works Wonders. Welcome, everyone, to Writing Works Wonders. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hey, Kathy. Hi, everybody. So glad to be here. And I have the master of the website, master of the universe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad to be here. So today's a very special day. We're taking the opportunity to not only share a book launch for two, get it, two of Cheryl's new books, but also discuss book launches and how authors and readers participate in them, what they're for, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be putting our heads together about this as well in our experiences, but also celebrate Cheryl's two new books. She has the books out, History Mystery in Philadelphia, The Adventures of a Guide Dog Team. It's number four in a series. And then, drum roll please, Hooten Holiday, number two in the Sister Shenanigans series. And we're so excited that both of these are coming out now and available. Cheryl's done tremendous work in her children's books, educating in various areas, various themes that she'll tell us about. But first of all, we're going to have Marlene Massat tell us about the Behind Our Eyes book launch program. Marlene, would you please tell us about the Behind our eyes book launch program and how you worked with Cheryl and what's available there. I certainly will. Thank you, Kathy and Cheryl. You've probably heard the term author platform. This just means that you plan to promote your books and yourself. The book launch is one of these tools. The behind our eyes book launch program is a create Creative Springboard, assisting authors with acquiring tasks and skills necessary for a successful book launch promotion. The book launch provides a friendly practice space for authors to present their published work and to receive feedback upon request. The author chooses a coach from our team who helps with preparation and sell publication tips, and a friendly forum with which to practice. This is your show. You are the star. We are your cheerleaders. You can choose to present an overview of your works or be interviewed by your coach or someone else of your choosing. This will be a public event, so the author with guidance if needed, should prepare promotional material, invite family, friends, and fans, and enjoy. You tailor the event to your needs, 
whether you are experienced or a first-time promoter. We ask that your main focus be on one book, but you can give an overview of all of your works. We also hope that you will become a member of Behind Our Eyes in order to promote your book launch. For more information, go to our website at www.behindoureyes.org and on the sidebar on our website, click the link for book launch opportunities. When you request a book launch, you will receive a short form to complete to get the process started. We have openings beginning in February 2023. To schedule a book launch with Behind Our Eyes, email booklaunch at behindoureyes.org. In September, we had a book launch with Cheryl for History Mystery in Philadelphia, and it was such a fabulous event. It was the second highest participating event of all the book launches we've had, which started in January of 2022. So if anyone has any questions or comments, thank you very much. Thank you, Marlene. That's very helpful. And we'll be putting those links in the show notes for folks to be able to access. So if you're listening to the podcast, you'll be able to go to writingworkswonders.com and be able to find those links as well. This is a great opportunity that and service that Behind Our Eyes is offering to educate people and mentor them, basically coach them through the process. So now we're going to move on to interviewing Cheryl about her book launch and talking about her books. So Cheryl, congratulations mm-hmm. on having these both of these books out in public and ready for people to be able to enjoy them. What's the inspiration for your books? These two books uh, in particular. The inspiration for my books is my life experiences. It's similar to a memoir, only in shorter stories and chapter books. History Mystery is based on a trip that I took to Philadelphia with my friend Maureen. And the first book we did from that trip was Cindy and Sammy Meet New Friends at the Zoo from the Philadelphia Zoo. This one, History Mystery in Philadelphia, is probably my favorite of the Adventure of a Guide Dog Team books. I had a great time with the research. We took a carriage ride. And what sparked the idea of a book was... When the guide told us about the insurance companies and the emblem on the house for the insurance, that people had to have these emblems on their houses in order to be part of a certain area where the fire brigade helped them with their house. Like if you didn't have the emblem, your your house wasn't going to be taken care of. There's a lot of detail into it. So that's where Benjamin Franklin came in. I thought there's so many little details that people don't know about in this wonderful historic area. So I had historical site museums give me permissions to use their photos or illustrations for illustrations in the book. During all of my books, I always try to introduce new guide dog commands, reasons why we do certain things. So each book introduces something new, but also reinforces some of the other things we have done. Our readers are learning about the guide dog team, as well as learning 
the historical facts in this mystery of finding Thomas Jefferson's writing desk that holds the original Declaration of Independence, the one that had all the cross outs and that they were editing. Sister Shenanigans is based on stories of my sister and me. So again, type of memoirs, they're based on stories from when we were growing up together. This is the second book in the Sister Shenanigans series. It all started with a story when I was eight, my sister was six. We got new skis for Christmas. We were going up a hill and we saw a little hole in the snow. A mouse popped up. We screamed. He ran. And then we turned around, juggled our skis and ran back down the hill screaming. And that was the end of our skiing adventure for that day. (laughs) So I took that and just ran with it, created a whole story behind it and the different things we do, putting a gingerbread house together, decorating cookies, decorating the Christmas tree. One of the scenes in Hooten Holiday, Hooten Holiday, they're up on the hill and getting ready to go down and Piper, the oldest, she hits a bump and she tucks and rolls like a professional skier that she's watched in the Olympics. But then she plops on her butt and the skis are sitting up and she hears her sister coming. Her sister's sliding down. One ski goes flying down the hill and she grabs her sister by the coat and saves her. So when the girls get these skis, all of a sudden they're like, uh, what are we going to do? I'm not going down a hill with the skis on. So they decide to take their skis and spit on them to make the <laughs> poles stick to them. And the sister's like, this isn't going to work. And the youngest sister's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need, look at all the snow around. We've got plenty of snow cones to make spit. And so, <laughs> so everything they do has some kind of little comical thing that kids do. You can't make all of this stuff up, Cheryl. <laughs> No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and that's part of the great fun of your books is that we know that there's some of it that's coming out of your life and folks that have gotten to know Cheryl through writing works wonders and, and other areas know that she has a terrific sense of humor and uh, a great view on life. And so it, it, these are communicated in these children's books they're a great read. They're engaging. They move along quickly. They're, they're not just for kids. Adults seem to really enjoy them as well. What are your further book launch plans? This is why it's great for us to have this program today, Kathy, that it's a virtual book launch. I'm going to look at this as the beginning of a virtual book tour and in-person book tour. First, we create a a press kit, a press release, an announcement, which I worked on with Marlene that we put up for Behind Our Eyes. My plan is to to do some in-person book signings and some more virtual book launches, book parties, whatever we want to call them. I also plan in the to hopefully do something in the spring when Philadelphia, all the museums and all the activities start to gear up again and bring my books there because they all want copies of my books. So I'm hoping that we can do more than just send books. It'll be great to go there in person and meet people and share my books with them. Yeah, so important to think of this, the virtual book launch as part of a larger 
campaign. Very, very important. And we'll be talking about that more. So thank you for getting us started in that direction. What do you find to be, we're turning the tables on you today, Cheryl, what do you Mm -hmm. find to be the most rewarding part of writing these books? What comes to mind is I have fun. I laugh. I laugh out loud. When I hear my books recorded or even read back, sometimes I'm just, wow, wow, I wrote that. And I don't know where it came from because I wasn't there sitting there thinking about it. The other part is teaching. I was out speaking since 1994, uh, advocating for guide dogs. Having my book, I use 18 by 27 inch illustration boards of my first and the zoo book. And I share with them because it's hard to explain to children or, or and adults because the adults, the teachers and everyone or wherever I go to present using the mall illustration shows how we go up on an escalator, how we stand, what we do. People want demonstrations. It's not always easy to do. So I had no idea this would come in handy until all of a sudden I decided, well, let me get these poster boards. Let's see how they work. Thinking I would use them just to read to kids because I wouldn't be able to read the entire book. I can ad lib using my illustrations and, and it just developed from there. So that's been a really great benefit. But the other thing is just having fun. Absolutely. It's terrific the way that you've incorporated fun books, adventures, telling stories, great illustrations, And you're advocating for guide dogs and teaching students and teachers and parents about what it's like to use a guide dog and the role of guide dogs. I'm sure they're learning while they don't even realize it, which is a great thing, you know. And then the history mystery, you're embedding history into a fun escapade as well. Yeah, thank you. Growing up, I learned when I was interactive learning, not just reading, having fun with it, it, it stuck in my brain more. And that's my mm-hmm. hope with History Mystery, the, that the reader is going to learn more and want to want to read more, want to learn more about these different historical sites, about Benjamin Franklin and so many other inventions that happened during that time. There's just so much. And um, my hope is it'll stick in their mind. Next, we're going to do something local along the Hudson River. And then I hope to go to Boston and do the tea party. So you're you're trying to whet their appetites as part of this as well, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they'll dig in further and go further Mm -hmm. in and discover Mm -hmm. more. That's terrific. Another aspect of this that we're all dying to know, because if I don't ask this, several people will when we get to Q&A. Where are your books available? How do people order them? My, I just republished all of my books. And then along with my new books, they are in print, paperback print, which is for standard or a little bit larger, 14 font. They're available in large print, paperback and hardcover. They're available in ebooks, and some of them are available on Audible. And they're available on Audible or Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and they're going to be available on Google Play and other platforms as well. 
And the best way to get them is to contact me because I can put a package together. I have bookmarkers like for history mystery. I have uh, skeleton keys that I made necklace bookmarks from and I have posters and stickers and I'll sign books. So that's the best way to contact me through my website, CherylMcNeilFisher.com. Excellent. Thank you, Cheryl. That's terrific. Uh, People love to be able to give or even have for their own library a signed copy. What a treasure that is. Thank you for doing that for folks. That's a real treat, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So now we want to open up to have more of a conversation with the group that's assembled today here in the Zoom room and also in Clubhouse for a brief discussion, and then we'll come back to a Q&A with Cheryl about her books. But let's explore this topic of book launch a little bit. Think about this and raise your hands for us. In your experience, what do you include when you launch a new book? Uh, For those that have published, what do you include in a book launch? And as people are raising their hands, I'll just share that in my experience, I was working with publishers And the publishers have helped me to create a book packet. I tried to drill this down into how indie authors could also think about this, because not everybody works with a publisher. But they helped create a book packet for me, which included digital and print materials. What do I mean by digital? Uh, Like a, a flyer in Word and PDF format that I would have on my computer, and then that could be used in various different settings, and also print versions of these materials. And those could be used in different situations. We also created a separate web page for each one of the books that I released. And we coordinated the release date with a promotion timeline. So there was getting the word out ahead of time. The book is being written. The book is getting close to publication. Now the book is available. And then we also coordinated, and this was through my own website, And sometimes the publishers had leads and would contact people and then they would contact me. But I would give interviews on radio or podcast. They would set up book tables. I would also have book tables when I do keynote speaking. I would be asked to do speaking. I'd be asked to do conference presentations. I might be a guest speaker at a particular group, a community group or a university group. And then we also used these materials. So when I went to speak, Cheryl talks about this other times, I'd have a table in the back of the room and she calls it back of the room sales. And I had not only the books available, but flyers and different things that they could take with them to share with friends or keep on hand because maybe an organization would order the books or they have to put in a purchase order or something like that, or they didn't have a credit card with them. But being ready that where you go to speak or interview or talk about your book, that you have materials to hand out. Even through Vistaprint, it's very inexpensive to print up a little business card or postcard. Have that in your bag or your backpack and people will see you talking about your book and you have that available. And here's the URL where you can find the book um, through Amazon or your own site. Those digital materials, the, the flyer. The little blurbs we created could also be used in social media. We also had access to specific listservs. And I also kept a database of people that followed me. And I would do an email promotion. But my publisher had designated email target groups. And they would send it out if a group, they knew that these people 
people that bought books from them were interested in instructional technology, they'd let them know about that type of book I wrote, or if it was about adult learning, that type of book I wrote. And so they target email promotion, letting people know something was out. It's really good that as independent authors, and also if you have a publisher, that you keep a standard flyer on hand or materials that you can hand out. Uh, We have a previous episode that I interviewed Cheryl, I think it was last year, and she talks about all the ways that she does marketing just every day to be able to highlight the opportunities in meeting people and letting them know about books. But having actual materials created on your computer and then having them available to distribute really puts you ahead of the game. And I don't know that everybody thinks of that. And your digital materials also include a photo of the cover of your book. And that can be used in many different situations, such as in your signature on email, uh, when you post something on social media, or part of a flyer that you print out or hand out or a bookmark, etc. Drafting a few pre-written announcements is really helpful too. But I think when I think of book launch, I not only think of these individual items, materials, and also opportunities, but also setting up a timeline. And that's going to be based on your own availability, contacts, and your audience, who you're trying to reach, who's your potential readership. And you're the master of the universe. So you get to set up that timeline the way it works for you. And those are my thoughts about a book launch and how I've pursued it in the past. And I have to tell you a lot of, most of you know, I'm a retired professor. Most professors did not promote their books. Um, Uh, odd duck in many ways. Um, But I was active in promoting my books with publishers, because I invested so much of my heart and my life in my books, I wanted to share them with folks. And so when I spoke, I wanted people to know about what I had written. That was a very different approach to be involved in the book launches. So who else has ideas about book launches? What do you include? How do you think of them? Maybe from a reader perspective, what are the benefits of book launches? How do they help you as a reader? Chanel, do we have any hands? We do. And first up, Abby Taylor. Hi. Okay. So when I publish a book, um, I first of all, I usually send a press release. I create a press release about the book with a synopsis and where it can be obtained. And I usually send that to my local newspaper and my local radio station. I have tried sending in the past releases to newspapers and radio stations and bookstores across the state, but that really hasn't done much. I think the most beneficial is just locally. My local media seems to be more interested in my work than, than uh, other in other media in other towns. So I do that on my website. I have a page for each of my books. And when a new one comes out, that new books information is on my homepage and there's a link to where you can click on it and read more about it. And I also, of course, do interviews and things. And I did a book launch with Behind Our Eyes last February where I was interviewed by fellow author Carol Farnsworth. And she asked me about my life and and, uh, what inspired the book and any other relevant questions. And we opened it up to questions and answers. And so we did that. Oh, I, and I do, I almost forgot. I do send postcards to people, you know, friends and family, people I know when I have a book come out, I try to do that. I get those printed 
locally and, and send those out. I always carry business cards with me. So if I'm in public, especially if I'm talking to someone who doesn't know me, I will tell them about my writing and give them a business card. In fact, I gave, I did that last week with a bus driver before I got off the bus. I, I, you know, I've been talking to him about my writing. Here's my card, you know, check out my website and buy my books. And, you know, so, you know, that's, that, that's what I do to promote my books. And I hope that helps. Great examples, great examples, Abby, and very accessible. Those are not complicated strategies, you know, it's, it's all pretty straightforward. You don't need a fancy printer. You don't need to have things professionally printed. You don't need, you know, high tech solutions. A lot of it is connections. And it sounds like you have a system, a a standard. I do A, B, C, and D. That's really helpful, I would think. Well, I've published six books, so I'd better have a system, mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. If you want to get the word out. And I have to tell you that I coached a lot of people about writing in academia. Very, very few. Uh, I already mentioned this. Participate in promoting their books. And very few even talk about their books to other people. And it's not that it's a shameful thing or considered self-promoting. They just expect the publisher to do all of it. Yeah. And that's just not the case, whether you're an independently published author or you're with a publishing house. It's still our role as authors to be involved. So thank you for those examples. Thank you. You're welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Annie Chapetta. Hey, everyone. I won't uh, take up too much of your time, but I also want to mention I've done everything that uh, pretty much that Abby's done. I have a website. mentions all of my books. I also have video clips and audio clips of my performances up there so people can get to know me, um, hear what I sound like, what I look like, that kind of thing. I do hand out my business cards to everybody, and uh, if I go to some place like a um, to get my hair done or uh, my doctor's office, I do have promotional copies of my book that I leave with them, and that's generated sales uh, quite a few times. When I promote, I also try to do what they call a blog tour, uh, depending on the genre that I'm promoting. Uh, I'll find uh, the right kind of blog tour promotional agency that will help me with that, and that also helps a lot. I try to do the blog tour as soon as I can after my book is published, so it's hot off the press, and that helps a lot. Um, And I just try to keep myself in the public eye. I belong to the Nonfiction Authors Association, and they send out interview uh, and podcast opportunities. Um, You can also do that just by, you know, going through Google or whatever, or contacting podcasters that seem to have, you know, interest in your genre and things like that. So uh, those are some of the things that I do. And thank you for listening. Let's pick up on that for a second there, Annie, if we could. Um, Could you explain to the audience what is a blog tour and how do you set that up? There are there are people who have, um, I guess, uh, their marketer marketers, um, maybe small agencies or companies. Uh, so what they do is they they set up your blog tour with other bloggers and they have a itinerary that they arrange and the other bloggers agree to host you as a guest blogger. And uh, at the end of the tour, it could be a week 
a blog a day. It could be, you know, five days of blogging. It's usually between five and seven days. You guest blog on one blog a day, uh, and it's focused to your genre. So it would be, you know, uh, children's or nonfiction or, you know, horror, whatever it is. So you guest blog and you know so you pop in on the other person's blog you say hi how are you they might give you an interview they might give you um, a review and then the company that promotes the blog tour will give a giveaway at the end it could be that you um, the giveaway could be a gift card it could be signed copies of your books it could be you know something to that that helps promote and helps people get involved in the blog tour and at the end they get do a giveaway and you get some exposure so if a blogger that you're guesting on has 5,000 people that's a lot of exposure um, and it's it's economically priced probably goes from around 50 to 100 dollars depending on which type of blog tour you want and how invested you are uh, or, or how involved they want to be in the blog tour so uh, it, you know it's it can it's definitely a doable thing excellent thank you so mm-hmm. much Cheryl can I say something about that? I think that's great. Fifty two hundred dollars. Oh my God! Sign me up. Because <laughs> when I first, did, many of you heard me talk about this way at the beginning, my first book, I spent twenty eight hundred dollars on a publicist because they were in New York City and I blah 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 blah. I thought they wouldn't do good. Anyway, the good thing that came out of it was I did learn about bloggers, the reviews, and how important that was. I didn't do a blog tour, but I had a lot of bloggers who were reviewing my books, news agencies. Annie, share that information, please. Thank you. That'll pass. (laughs) (laughs) Any more hands? After a virtual book launch, what would people do next? Say you held an event like this or the other one Cheryl did or folks did with Behind Our Eyes, where you do a formal interview, you invite people to it, etc. What do people see as the next steps that you would be sure to follow up with? Chanel? Marlene? What I was going to say was um, on our Behind Our Eyes website, we have resources like we have um, several different people that do a podcast and we have people that are bloggers. So you can get a lot of resources there as well. Very good. We also know a very good podcast that loves to interview authors. (laughs) I believe it's called Writing Works Wonders. So people (laughs) always can contact us if you want to be interviewed about your most recent book. That is what we are about, is trying to promote people and the good work that they're doing. Keep in mind that we will do what we did last year for all of you authors, that we're going to have a program where you can come and talk about your books so that we can focus on all of our our authors in our communities. Yeah, we'll be doing that in just a, a month or so no, with the idea no. that going towards the holidays so that people might be looking for gift ideas. So let's do a question and answer with Cheryl. Alice. Thank you. And I just want to say how much, Cheryl, I enjoyed reading your book via my Echo Dot. It is such a delightful, fast-paced book that I know children would love, but 
also adults who are sharing the book with children can certainly greatly enjoy the content of the book also. And I I hope you'll mention something about the horse, too, besides your guide dog (laughs) in the book. Yes. That you tell us something a little bit more about that horse. But I love history, and you have shared so much history to spark children's interest in learning more about the historical pieces and events and people that you mention, and you bring in that history, you weave it into the book in such a way that it is just absolutely so palatable for children who may not be quite as interested in history. And the humor in your book, what John Hancock does is just so funny (laughs) throughout the book. And I, I just really, it's a delightful read. And if there's anybody who hasn't yet read it, it just is certainly worth your time. It makes a wonderful gift book for children. There's just so much in this one book besides the history, the learning about guide dogs, the humor, and the adventure, the travel, everything just rolled into this one wonderful package that Cheryl has given us. So thank you, Cheryl. I just wanted you to know oh, how thank much you. I wonderful gift book. That means a lot. Thank you. And I will mention real quick, the carriage horse, his name is Broden, and that came from my friend Maureen, who I went on the trip to Philadelphia with two of her grandchildren. One is Brody, one is Brindlin. And so we did Broden. So at one point I referenced how Broden does intelligent disobedience is what our guide dogs do. If I tell the dog to go across the street, but a car is coming, the dog won't take me. He'll, he'll disobey me because that's intelligent disobedience. And at one point they experienced that with the horse where there's a road alley where the horse is supposed to go, but there's traffic, there's cars. And he decides he's just going to wait until he knows he can clear that area. And so that's called intelligent disobedience. I related that and then other things throughout the book with the horse because he's so big and he feels left out, how I intertwine that into relating to people and the dog, etc. Next up when you're ready is Marlene Massat. I also loved history mystery. I think it was absolutely fantastic. It is so much factual stuff to and it was done in such a fun way. It was totally unforgettable. And I absolutely loved Cindy and Sammy Meet New Friends at the Zoo. That's also has a lot of great facts, but a wonderful interaction with the animals and absolutely unforgettable. So my question is now that's another one. That was the first one I read and I <laughs> That is just absolutely great. I mean, what a surprise. (laughs) Will there be another Bolter Enlightening book, I hope, in the future? I hope so. I hope so. I I feel like that's something that needs to come to me. What can they do next? But I can. That would just, you know, as I was writing it, it just rolled right along and, you know, and how they all, it all came together. So it was, and it all started with that little Pekingese that I was watching escaped under my fence by the pool and a story was born. So yeah, I, I believe so. I would like to, I'm just not sure what the, what these heroes are going to rescue next time. So we'll see. it will be interesting. Thank you. For years, I struggled in nonfiction. I tried to write memoir. 
I wrote a book about relationships and marriage. I have so many things in nonfiction. And finally, when I started doing this in fiction and doing it with stories, I found a way to relate things that I've done, things in my own life, just a little tidbit and just go with it. I encourage you. And sometimes with like, say my first Apple batter up, that started with a poem. It was a story that's been told again and again and again throughout my family. And that's my first sister shenanigans. It started with a poem. And then I was able to take that poem and put it into the story. So I encourage all of you to just keep trying. If something's not working well, try another way and see what happens. Back to you, Kathy. That's a great recommendation, Cheryl, because you are doing a form of memoir. You're picking up memories. You're picking up experiences. And you're using that as a nugget and basis for the stories that you then develop bigger than life. And then you incorporate some teaching. I know some of your books, while they're teaching about guide dogs and guide dog users, you're also teaching about responsibility and different values of the golden rule sort of values and that you're trying to incorporate those as well while having fun. And I I think that's really critical that memoir doesn't have to be a certain form or formula. And you've done a wonderful job of creating hilarious, interesting, creative forms of memoir that take us in so many different directions of learning and enjoyment. It's a great example that we don't have to be locked into certain types of ways of thinking about our writing. Author development is a metamorphosis. We have to find what fits us, how to express ourselves in so many ways. We continue to develop and grow. How many authors do we know who have gone back and done a tweaking of one of their earlier novels or their earlier books of any kind. And my books also are ranged from different age groups. Their early chapter books are my books. In fact, the history mystery is more of an, I'd say an older elementary, but again, any age would, I think, enjoy just if you want something (laughs) to laugh at, something light and fun. Excellent point. Thank you for that, Cheryl. We have so many great things available up coming up very shortly. We have a discussion of book reviews, and we hope folks will be here for that. That will be next week, 1028, the importance of book reviews, which is an important part of a book launch, getting your book out there, sharing it with people. What's a book review? What should be in it? What shouldn't? Depends maybe on where you're submitting it. So there can be many answers to that question. Where? How do you get people to help? And why bother with book reviews, both from a reader and writer perspective? We'll be discussing that next week. And so that's kind of a continuation of book launches because book book reviews are a vital part of it. You've heard us mention a couple of times that November 4th, the first Friday of November, we will be having Chris Abernathy, who is a voice actor and narrator. He'll be joining us. And he'll not only be talking about what he has done uh, with his career and how he got started, but also how can other people get started with this type of career. And he works from home, set up his own studio, 
This could be a very exciting show for you, friends, etc. So be sure to let folks know about November 4th, that first Friday, we'll be having that very special episode. Cheryl, you know what? You need to share the prompt for next week. I do. I do. Yes. This this is a tricky one. I think they're they're really up for, you know, so many people have been participating and posting their prompts. They're really Uh loving these. They're posting them Uh and behind our eyes also. But folks, buckle up because she's (laughs) pulling it out this time. I I did. It's not going to be easy. I know. I did a little bit different this time. Let's see what you can do in 75 words or less and finish a story of it's dark. Could be uh, male or female or whatever, whoever. It could be more than one person, but the ha- they, they go, the house is dark and they go in and it's silent and they go to reach for the light switch and what happens? I think that's what I wrote, right? Kath, I was trying to. Pretty close. Pretty close. Okay. Pretty close. Yeah. So this is going to be quite a task. Put on your thinking caps. It's already posted on the website. Go to writingworkswonders.com and click writing prompts. And you'll see it there under October 28th, because that's the date that we read it aloud. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for being center stage today. And thank you, Marlene, for your vital part in this episode and everybody that contributed a great discussion about book launches, a great celebration of the work that Cheryl's doing and the great work also that Behind Our Eyes is doing to help authors learn how to promote their books better. Thank you to everybody for being part of this celebration episode, all of our participants and our audience in Clubhouse and also in Zoom. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, previous episodes, resources, and much, much more. Above all else, we want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonders of writing. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347 347- Four six seven zero two two one. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.